We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres. And boy, do we have some news to get into today. Oregon is officially heading to the Big Ten. Uh, the huge news breaking on Friday. So had to get up on the channel. Uh, also on Twitter to get you guys the the latest and get some thoughts on this huge development. I'm not alone, though. I got my guy Ryan Winter, a.k.a. Sports Chat 503, holding it down from the beautiful Oregon coast. How we doing, man? Been a minute. Fantastic, man. Like, we never left, like you said, Max. So good. Of course, we have a trouble. Let me shoot it here. And uh, hopefully we'll be all right. So just bear with me. Sorry about that. Well, not, I'm not going to touch it, and hopefully it'll be okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Ryan, good to see you, buddy. So good to see you, Max. You're the man. I appreciate it, man. Well, so, yeah, this is a big, big, huge news, right? Um, you know, I have a couple of press releases that I wanted to read. Uh, I think we can talk about Oregon, some recruiting impact. You know, I love recruiting. Uh, and then talk about the future of the pack a little bit. Um, so this is from uh, Oregon's, you know, press release today. This is uh, President Carl Schultz saying, quote, I'm thrilled that the University of Oregon has the opportunity to join the nation's preeminent academic athletic conference. Our student athletes will participate at the highest level of collegiate athletic competition and our alumni, friends, and fans will be able to carry the spirit of Oregon across the country. Um, how about we start off with your feelings, Ryan? I know you did uh, quite the live stream yourself earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, like I said, it, it is a monumental day uh, for people in the Pac-12, Oregon specifically, uh, my Oregon State brethren, uh, you know, plethora of other people. This uh, is, is a serious day. I mean, this is a day that uh, literally the thing has changed completely. And it's a lifetime change. You know, this is, a, this is the only time it's happened in my lifetime. This has been the case, and I, I don't expect it to change. Uh, in the future, although I, I, I'm saying that now, anything could happen. But I do think that the first line there was really important to them. You know, the fact that Oregon finds themselves in the, what is they call preeminent academic and uh, athletic uh, conference, I think that's really important to them. Uh, Oregon has really tried very hard over the years to set themselves apart uh, from uh, the rest of uh, their competition in the Pac-12. And, uh, they, you know, a lot of due diligence from a lot of different groups. And this is kind of what I was saying on my 
live stream today it, uh, was, you know, just how proud I am of being a duck that they actually made this happen the whole way, um, you know, because 15, 20 years ago, this would not have been an option at all. And uh, the fact that Oregon uh, is wanted, that Oregon has value, that Oregon uh, has, has built this brand, um, you know, from all the big donors all the way down to, um, you know, everybody who's involved, students, uh, alumni like yourself, uh, you know, anybody who's been involved with this process, uh, you know, uh, we've all been, uh, you know, a part of it and I, as myself as well uh, and, and, and ticket holder, donor, whatever I can be, um, you know, at small time, small fryer, whatever, compared to some of these other guys. It was a team effort that made this happen. And I just it was really impressive to kind of see that happen today and kind of look back at it and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that the Ducks are now in the Big Ten, a place that the entire conference is respected. All those universities are very well respected across the board. They all bring it in a variety of different levels on all different uh, athletic levels. And I do feel bad for the student athletes who have to now make travel a complete bear. And I was not really into that. I was very split going down this path. But as soon as the university said, this is a go and what we're doing, I was 100% in. And I'm just uh, really thankful that the Ducks and the whole community uh, at large made it happen. Yeah, and you have to think that this move was in the works for quite some time, right? You know, ever since USC and UCLA made the first move to to leave the conference and, and head to the Big Ten themselves, you know, Rob Mullins and, and the rest of the brass over there at Oregon, you know, they didn't want to be left behind. Um, you know, I think that you look at this from a couple different ways. You know, they, they wanted to try to dominate the Pac-12 as the, the biggest remaining brand there. Uh, after USC and UCLA left. Um, and then you had Colorado leaving to return to the Big 12. So there were a lot of things that put this in motion. And I don't want to say it was a matter of what, uh, when, not if, because there was a lot of smoke. And, you know, we thought this was going to happen quite a while ago, or at least there was, you know, some, some rumors about it quite a bit ago. But really what it comes down to, Ryan, I think, you know, as much as, I admired the Pac-12 for what it was, you know, leadership aside, just the, the pure athletic product. This was really, uh, you know, you know, um, you know, survive in advance kind of a deal. You know, either you are the haves or the have-nots, right? We were talking about this on the phone earlier today. And, um, you know, it would have been great to see the Pac-12 stay together. But Oregon had to make this move because it's pretty evident now that it's going to become, you know, the SEC and, and the Big Ten. Those are going to be, they are the two premier conferences in college athletics. Yeah. And, and it's too bad that the West Coast just had no control over it. I mean, it feels like it was completely taken away from us out here. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're right. I mean, I think it did happen last year when L.A. Uh, schools went out there and then they did their due diligence then. I think the Big Ten knew then that uh, Oregon was an option that Washington was an option. They just had to kind of see other things uh, fall. I also think that this has been a, somewhat of a conspiracy over the years with the other conferences looking to try to get rid of one of these conferences. And, you know, uh, uh, media, everybody else has been slamming the Pac-12 in a full-blown assault over the last couple, four or five years, and especially during COVID. In COVID, it felt like they thought it was a wounded animal and they could bury it. And, um, you know, the fact that UCLA and, and U USC left was very congratulated by the rest of the, the, the country, especially in the media. You know? And the media love to be like, oh, we don't like this at all, but it's necessary to do it on the, you know. And so, you know, I, I, I do think that there was something to be said that Oregon was uh, was not wanting to be left behind, like you said. 
and that was in conversations very early on, uh, as soon as USC and UCLA left, that they would be next. And uh, I, I know that the Big Ten didn't want to feel like they were the killer of the Pac-12, but they were the ones who took the first two uh, with UCLA and USC. So um, I think I think you know everything changes, and uh, this might be a good thing for everybody. At the end of the day. Uh, it gets Oregon in a place that's very solid. It gets Oregon in a place where it feels like it can be competitive against a different peer group, which I think was maybe important for them as well. Um, but I do feel bad for the rest of the conference, and I do hate breaking up relationships uh, that are so old uh, and, and established out here on the West Coast. Yeah, and let's read this uh, statement from the Pac-12, uh, just because we've been talking about the conference and you know, kind of how – it's an emotional day for them. You know, you're seeing other schools release their statements saying we're, we're sorry to see, uh, you know, some of our uh, member institutions, you know, making their decisions because we can't gloss over the fact that Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah are also leaving the Pac-12 as they're headed to the Big 12. But this is the statement from the Pac-12 released on Friday. Today's news is incredibly disappointing for student-athletes, fans, alumni, and staff of the Pac-12 who cherish the over 100-year history, tradition, and rivalries of the Conference of Champions. We remain focused on securing the best possible future for each of our member universities. So short and sweet, saying we're, uh, we're sad that this is happening, but we're still kind of dedicated the best they can, I would think, to uh, keeping things going. Um, I mean, was that four sentences? Yeah, it was it I mean, was real short. Member, there's four members left, so I mean, it, it, it's surprising to me that you know the Big Twelve doesn't just try to come in and swarm and swoop up uh, the rest of the uh, conference. You know, I I I, I saw some chitter chatter on Twitter today about the Big Ten, you know, and the Big Twelve and the ACC or whatever and, and SEC, and I, I think it's fine, you know that it's going to go that route. You know, they talked about, you know, the old days, Big East had an automatic qualifier to the BCS and that that changed when they lost Pitt, you know, and they, and, and, and all of a sudden then their conference went down. Well, they didn't get that back. And I think the PAC 12 is still kind of thinking that they might have rights to the CFP. You know, there's millions of dollars that comes the uh, PAC 12's way because of the CFP. Well, that, that might change completely now. And I don't think you just replace who you lost in one day with uh, with with the Mountain West schools. And you know, God bless them. I I I I think the Mountain West has great universities, but it's not what the Pac-12 was. And you can't just call it the Pac-12 and expect to move on. Um, I do feel really bad for the bees, and I feel bad for the Cougs. Um, I do think the bees would be a good fit in the Big 12 if they could if they could get there. Um, uh, but I, I, again, I, I don't think it's in their hands. I, I don't, and I didn't even really think it was in the Ducks hands either. I know I saw Canzano said something where, you know, the decision that the Ducks is going to make is going to make or break the conference. I don't know if this was in anybody's hands. Again, if you're on the, if you're on the sinking ship and there's one lifeboat, you go, there's not many options here. And, and, and I don't know how interested the big 12 was in Oregon either. So it's kind of one of those things where when the, I hear media reports saying, oh, you know, Oregon should have just gone to the Big 12 or Oregon should have gone. Well, I don't, I don't know if there was an option. I mean, up to le- two weeks ago, I don't know if Oregon was an option in the Big 10. They are now an official member. I mean, that's how fast this thing happened. So, you know, I just think it's a wild time. I think it speaks more to the idea that these media conglomerates have so much power now. And I go and I go back. I mean, I'm 45, so I go back a little bit more. And I remember a time when 
you know, the Ducks weren't on television. They didn't have to have a major media deal to have a program. They didn't have have to have a major conference to compete. Um, you know, these teams historically, there were a bunch of teams that were independent for years doing great in bowl games, winning national championships as independents. You know, now those days are gone. You have to be attached to a conference now uh, because of that money coming in from the TV deals. And what your bread and butter is recruiting, that's the next step is to understand how this impacts not only the, the lifeblood of your program going forward, but it impacts the recruiting that now you're in a real life conference that you can't be recruited against because you're not in said conference. And I do know, and I, I, you know better than I do, that there were definitely recruits that Oregon lost because of this wishy-washiness of the conferences and where are you going to be in the next couple of years? Yeah, and then that's a, a good segue into another one of the talking points that I had for, for today's show is the recruiting impact that this move is going to have for Oregon. Uh, obviously, as soon as the 2024 class, this cycle that we're, we're currently in, um, you know, and I, I like to say I'm getting more and more connected as, as time goes. And, you know, I've heard from people that, you know, USC was holding this over uh, Oregon's head, um, you know, at, you know, negatively using it to negatively recruit uh, against Oregon, um, which isn't isn't a surprise. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure that UCLA even did the same thing, but they're not nearly as much of a recruiting threat as USC is to Oregon. So I think that this is a move that we could absolutely see generate some positive recruiting momentum for Oregon. Um, you know, as we record this, there's a couple of really big time guys that are going to be announcing uh, their college commitments in, in the coming days, in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, some that come to mind are St. Louis wide receiver, Jeremiah McClellan, who has been a priority for junior Adams and the ducks, uh, Santa Ana modern day running back. Nate Frazier is going to be announcing this weekend. I think Georgia is going to be the call there. Um, but this, this, Getting this done before the season, I think, is really good for a number of reasons. Um, but the fact that Oregon is going to be able to, you know, tout that they're in the Big Ten is huge. Um, you know, the, and then the recruiting battles that they already found themselves in uh, with Ohio State every now and then, with Michigan and Penn State, you know, those are only going to keep going up. But from a recruiting impact standpoint, I think this move is nothing but good for Oregon because, like we said, it goes back to that point of being the haves and the haves-nots. You're going to be able to sell exposure better. You're going to be able to, um, you know, make sure that you you still have plenty of funds going around. Not that Oregon was hurting for money, um, but I think that this is obviously going to help, uh, you know, bring more money into the the, the athletic department. So I'm, I'm pretty fired up, you know, as a guy who loves recruiting, uh, that this move went down. But you know, I, I do want to say that I I feel for you know the 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 traditionalists and the people who you know really love the rivalries in the Pac-12. I like them too. You know, I don't want to just uh, just be talking about the stuff that I'm excited about because you know it, it is sad that this really does kind of spell the end of the pack. But I definitely wanted to hit on recruiting. Yeah. Well, no, the recruiting aspect I think is huge, and it's just again, it's it, it speaks to the lifeblood of the program. You also spoke on the money. You know, I don't think Oregon was as worried about the Apple deal as some of the other schools in the conference sure. were because I think they could probably uh, you know pony up some extra cash. They've had the philanthropy through the boosters. They just signed Lanning to a deal that was basically done outside of the money stream of the uh, uh, university. It was done basically through uh, other other means. And, you know, I, I think uh, they just didn't want to be held down by the rest of the conference. And, and recruiting is a huge deal. And uh, the, the fact that you could be uh, technically 
negatively recruiting against another team based on what conference they're in alone uh, really speaks to that. So I do know that, uh, you know, some of these guys at the heavy uh, ends of the uh, spectrum when it comes to the, you know, athletic directors or the, the presidents of these universities might have different uh, perspectives than the average fan um, and, and, and definitely different perspectives than the uh, media conglomerate. You know, I, I, I look at it from the perspective of a fan that goes to games. Uh, one, I look at it as a fan, um, you know, of, of, of the whole process, you know, the entire whatever you want to call it from start to finish production of what it takes to put on these games. And, uh, and it's a big deal. And so, you know, like I had on my, uh, 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 my, uh, YouTube, I had Daryl, the truck driver who drives the gear to a different thing, you know, and we were talking last year about the literally about the logistics of what does it mean if you have back to back weeks out on the East coast and what does that look like for your gear? What does that look like for you? Do you have to keep the guys out there? Do you practice out there? Do you have to get two sets of gear and have one set in a truck sitting out there in Maryland? And one set, I mean, there's a lot of things that are kind of up in the air there. So just a bunch of different stuff to think about. I do like the idea that this is the end of late night games for Oregon. Oregon is not going to play any more late night games. That's over. Um, the idea of may, maybe uh, every once in a while there'd be a, an also ran game like a Purdue or something that they don't really uh, you know have, have that much value with or whatever, and you could stash that late night and try to get a different window of time. But for the most part, I think every game Oregon's going to be playing is either going to be 12, 12.30 or 3, 3.30, uh, pretty much on the nose from here on out, uh, home games and away games. Uh, obviously, with away games, you're going to be dealing with it a whole lot earlier from our perspective, wake up and watch the game. Uh, but I think that'll be uh, refreshing for a lot of Duck fans. And you mentioned a, a really interesting point just talking about Dan Lanning's new contract, Ryan. I mean, if you're just looking at the health of the Oregon program, the program, we're a program podcast. If you're looking at the health of the Oregon program right now, you just inked your head coach to a huge contract extension through the 2028 season. Lanning's not going anywhere. He has a massive contract buyout, which shows that, you know, he if he wants to go anywhere, he's going to have to you know, put up quite a bit of money. So everything he's done, everything he's said has really just emphasized that he's in it for the long haul. And then now Rob Mullins and the Oregon Athletic Department have tabbed him as their guy, the guy that they think can get them over the hump, can get them to that next level, back into the college football playoff. And ultimately, right, you hopefully get the program's first national championship. So you have your new head coach, you have your head coach locked in for the long term. And now you have some conference stability, uh, which, you know, they haven't had in the last year, right? Ever since USC and UCLA left, the question was always, what's going to happen to Oregon? And now they and the Huskies, you know, a rival team, we can talk about that a little bit. They're all heading uh, to the Big Ten. Yeah. Well, it's funny you said about the thing about landing. You know, you and I were talking earlier and talking about, you know, what do you, compare, what do you compare this day to? And you talked about, well, when Cristobal left. And, 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 you know, getting Lanning and the Twitter spaces and having his brother on the thing and, you know, all these kind of things that we were, we were so jazzed about. But, you know, it's, it, it's tough to fit one guy into all the boxes. It's hard to have the unicorn, right? The guy that's a good recruiter, the guy that's a good on-the-field coach, the guy that's a good communicator with the guys, the guy who feels like he can be one of the guys but also leads the program, CEO type but players coach at the same time. Guy who can be good with the boosters. Guy who can be good with the media. Guy who's not going to make mistakes on the on, on and off the field. Guy who's got a strong family, core values or whatever. 
young family wants to stick around. One of the big things for me, and again, Joey Harrington's a year younger than me. We both grew up in the same CYO basketball leagues or whatever in Southeast, Northeast Portland. He had a very similar mindset that I did. What we were really concerned with when we got the new coach was loyalty, was somebody who was willing to stay here, somebody who wanted to be here. And when I heard Rob Mullen say that this is the guy and this is the amount of connect connectivity that he's presented to him and the university, somebody who's been as deeply connected to the university that we haven't seen since Bilotti or Brooks. That one, literally, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Like, we love Chip. Chip was a game changer to us. Chip was like Ben Franklin to the founding fathers. The guy was a completely different cat. He did things totally different, which was great. And we've, we've changed our way of doing things because of Chip. He hasn't been our coach for 10 years. We're still doing stuff that's related, right? Uh, and then the other coaches, you know, blah, 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 blah. But when Cristobal left, our biggest fear was finding a coach that could actually want to stay here and really want to put down roots. And you found that. Not only did you find that, you found that in a guy like Lanning who came in his very first year after getting boat raced in the first game, put together a very good season, put, to, put together a great recruiting class, got all these good transfers in, melded the whole thing together, brought a bunch of new coaches in here. And that's the other thing about adding a new contract to Lanning. Everybody else gets paid more too. What everybody happened last eats. year? Yeah, everybody eats. What happens last year? You lose Dillingham. Well, what do you do this time? You have Will Stein. Now these guys are making more money. Now you go to the Big Ten where you're going to see other offensive coordinators making over a million, 200, 2 million or whatever the case may be. It's going to start to being, like we said, the haves and the have-nots. Now that doesn't mean that everybody is in it to win it. There's a lot of schools over there in the Big Ten uh, that you're, we're going to see in the future that they are proud programs, great universities, super academic, all that and the other, terrible football team. And I'm telling you, the Ducks are coming to take some wins in this conference. They're not coming in this conference to lay down. They're coming in this conference hot. And I really like the idea that these four schools from the Pac, what was the Pac-12, are going to come into this conference, and they're all going to be successful in both football and basketball. I think this really helps us in basketball as well. It's a great basketball conference. And there's, we're bringing in some serious talent here from the West Coast. So I don't know if the, the Midwest really knows what's coming. Well, yeah, no, that's that's a great point. But before I, I uh, you know, respond to that, we got like 60 people in here uh, on YouTube. Uh, so appreciate you guys for showing out. I saw we even had a Penn State fan that uh, that came over to, to say what's up and see what's Much going on. And, Penn State, by the way, I was at that Rose Bowl. Kajana Carter, first play, 80 yards into the end zone. I was there. I saw. I got much respect for Penn State. Uh, and, and I do think that right now, Oregon and Penn State are kind of on the same level. Similar type of tier. I, I do think it might be one step behind Ohio State and, and Michigan right now in football. But I think that Oregon, USC, Penn State, I think they're right on the same level. Yeah, no, that that's an amazing comparison. I would definitely want to discuss a little bit more. But um. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, if you guys are here in the in the live stream on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus, do me a favor and blow up that like button for me. Uh, subscribe to the channel. We just hit twenty three hundred subs, so uh, really, really appreciate the support. But uh, yeah, just just blow that up for me, uh, and then hit that notification bell so you don't miss future shows. But we got maybe about ten more minutes or so, right, Ryan? Um, yeah, I'm, I got. I'm game. The clouds kind of came in a little bit, so it's all good. All right, right on. But let's, I'm here. I almost did three hours of a live stream today. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to talk. All right, cool, cool. But let's talk about <laughs> Oregon's chances in the Big Ten. 
because it's a good conference. You know, you're going to be going up against teams like Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Oregon's already had some really good matchups against Wisconsin yeah. and in the Rose Bowl. Um, they they're going into the Big Ten with some momentum against Ohio State. You know, it was one game. You know, I'm not saying you know that's the, the you know the huge huge deal, but they they've shown that they have the the blueprint and the the kind of guys to compete with Ohio State. Um, and, and I think that it's going to be really difficult to win this conference, but I think Oregon's absolutely going to be competitive um, and, you know, certainly going to make a name for themselves. And I think they're going to surprise some people uh, in terms of just making some noise and, and, you know, probably taking some games that they're not going to be favored in uh, in that first year when they, when they arrive in 2024. So I think that they're definitely going to be a very uh, competitive team and, and someone that has to be taken seriously by the rest of the Big Ten Conference. I would completely agree. I think that if you look back at Oregon historically, uh, you know, you, you got to take it in kind of decades, right? And over the last maybe 10 to 20 years, Oregon's been very solid. If not one of the best teams uh, in, in, in the West Coast, the best team on the West Coast. So, I mean, you're talking about right there, I mean, you're, you're a top 15 team when you're when you're pretty well just having a good year. You know, you're a top 10 team when you're having a, a great year. And when you're having like the elite years that we've seen in the past, you're top five. So, I mean, how many conferences are there? How many top 10 spaces are there? I mean, you're bringing in a good team. Uh, you know, you think about UCLA, I think UCLA is going to have some trouble. I mean, UCLA, I feel like, is is more on the level of like, a, you know, an Iowa sometimes, where sometimes they have a good year, and then they'll have two or three down years. And then they'll have a maybe a breakout year or two, have that, everybody have the expectations, and then they'll fall on their face or whatever. I think, I think, I think they might have some trouble, but I feel like USC and Oregon uh, and Washington to a, to, to, to a degree as well uh, <clears throat> are all walking into this conf- uh, conference with a lot of confidence. I would say right now, football-wise, if you were to do it this year, Oregon is the the third or fourth best team, uh, maybe fifth best team. If if USC is who we think they're going to be, they're probably in the top three with Michigan and Ohio State. And then you've got Penn State and Oregon. And it's kind of like that's your top five of that conference. I think Oregon beats almost anybody else in that conference. I was not very impressed with Wisconsin last year. Uh, Iowa has stepped down. Obviously, Northwestern won the first Offense. game and then lost every every game afterward. Uh, you know, Purdue has not uh, you know surprised me uh, that much lately. And those are the kind of things you need. And a team like Purdue, that's a surprise type of team, right? They're average team. They're every year they're six and six, or, or they're they're going to the Outback Bowl maybe uh, on a big year and on a bad year. You know, they're going to the Weed Eater Bowl or whatever. But they're never really in huge contention. They're and and it, they might surprise you though. That's a team that might surprise you. They're kind of like a, you know, Iowa State. No one wants to go to Ames to play. Like, they're a team that's ready to get you, kind of like the Googs are in our conference. And and you find yourself in this situation where if you're the Ducks and you look at this whole conference, I don't see that many teams that are, you know, uh, better than the Ducks. Obviously, you talked about the Ohio State game. Well, the last time Oregon played Ohio State wasn't really Oregon's best team, and they beat Ohio State in Ohio State. So, you know, if, if they're, if they're going to use the fact that Oregon doesn't have a national championship for all these years that Oregon sucked, well, at least we can use the one time that we went to that stadium and actually won a game. I mean, come on. So, uh, like I said, I think Penn State has got a great thing going on. That'd be really awesome to go there for a whiteout game. But 
they're going to have trouble coming to Austin. These teams are not going to fare that well out here. And I think they're Oregon and Washington is really going to surprise them. I think in basketball as well. I think they got, I think they got something coming. I think it's going to be a tough trip to come west for these teams. And I think I think a lot of teams might look forward to it. I heard Dave Softy Muller on a show the other uh, the, earlier today on some other show talking about how at the very beginning of this relationship, every every conference game is going to feel like a non-conference game because we're not used to playing any of these teams. So there's going to be an excitement level. There's going to be a lot of uh, you know. Uh, big 10 people who want to come out West to see uh, Lake Washington and, and, you know, and uh, Seattle, and they want to come to see Autzen and, and, but how many years are they going to want to do that? Like we're, we don't need to add 15, 20,000 seats to Autzen to fit the big 10 people. They're going to come out here. That's not going to be that regular of a thing. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to pick up a couple 10,000 the first year or so, but it's not going to be that regular. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point that you mentioned it. I mean, because Oregon usually... Um, you know, gets pretty close to selling out Autzen on a regular basis. And um, we, we talked about how it's going to be good for Eugene, um, just having the, the Big Ten crowd commuting and, and traveling uh, out west. like that, that And that's going to help uh, Washington and USC and UCLA. I mean, Lord knows USC needed the help uh, before they hired Lincoln Riley with how empty the Coliseum was. But now there's all the excitement in the world around that co- uh, conference, that program, excuse me. Um, there's one more big thing I wanted to get to Ryan, um, was just how this move to the big 10 impacts Oregon's shot at the playoff, because I think it helps and it hurts a little bit. And really the big point that I'm kind of thinking about is how it really just reemphasizes how important the 2023 season is for Oregon, because they have their quarterback back and Bo Nix, who could very well find himself in the Heisman conversation. You absolutely retooled this roster with so many talented transfers coming in. Jordan Birch has to be the guy that's, you know, poised to make the biggest impact, or I'm sure Oregon fans hope he makes the biggest impact of the transfer, transfer hall. But 
you know, the, 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 the playoff is expanding to 12 teams. So this is the last year that they're going to be operating on a four team model. And, uh, Oregon needs to cash in, you know, because the, the Pac-12 is is it's gonna it's not gonna be easy to cash in because this is probably the most hype we've had around the Pac-12 in quite some time. You got quarterback score, you got head coaches that are settling in. Schools are hot, man, but I think this is the time to cash in, and um, it's it's not gonna get much easier as far as the path to the playoff once they get to the Big Ten, albeit they're going to be in a conference that's much more well-respected. And I think that all of those games are going to carry a bit more weight than they do in the pack. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I totally agree with the, the, the time is now, you know, I saw Tim Brando on a, another show earlier. I've been watching goddamn everything this whole time, you know, uh, and, you know, I really respect Tim Brando and he, and he, he has Oregon at the number three spot to end the year. He thinks Oregon's in the top four and that they're in the CFP. And, uh, and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I I go back and forth on it. One, I think there's a huge amount of bias against the West Coast, especially now in the last year of the Pac-12. What, they're going to give the, the Pac-12 the four-teamer the last year as a courtesy or something? I think you're going to have to pretty much win it outright or be USC uh, to be able to get in there. Now, maybe, maybe other stuff happens. We've seen this before. Chaos goes down. Other teams lose two games. This, that, and the other happens. But it feels like to me that, yes, you're right. The chances of going to the playoff in the 12-team format, I think, are equal or greater by going to the Big Ten. And because I think that Oregon is poised to be at the top five of the Big Ten consistently, I would say that you're going to get a pretty good shot at two, at least, maybe even three teams on some years from the Big Ten in that 12 team playoff so that means that just like what we saw with that year that alabama and lsu and all that sort of stuff and they met each other again you don't have to go and win your conference you don't even have to win your site you don't even have to go to your championship game you could technically with enough wins put yourself in a position where if you let's say the ducks are in the big 10 they lose to ohio state and they win all their other games but their their one loss is to ohio state but they don't go to their championship game or whatever because of this, that, or the other. Now they're sitting there with the one loss, and it's still Ohio State. Well, you're going to let that team not go. That's going to that, that's an automatic, you know, especially in this 12 team. That almost would fly in the 14. This year, though, I think it's really hard to get to the CFP because I think there's a huge bias against the Pac-12. I also think you got a tough schedule. It is user-friendly a little bit in the sense that there's breaks in it. You don't have that three, four weeks in a row of a gauntlet. But second week of the year at Texas Tech is going to be a hell of a game. And I think that sets the tone for the whole year. If they go out and play well at Texas Tech, I expect great things from the rest of the way. If they have a tough time with Tech, then anything goes. Buckle up. You got the four games that you I think you really have to worry about. You got two of them on the road and two of them at home. I think the Beavs are the one you have to really watch for at the end of the year. Obviously, the Utah game up there is going to be really ridiculously hard. Not many teams are successful up there. USC at home was billed as a gigantic game because it was the last game USC. Not anymore. <laughs> USC's coming back to Austin in a couple of years. Um, but uh, that's still going to be a huge game. Heisman Trophy, everything else is going to be on the line. And it could be also uh, a game day situation. But you got to get past Washington first. Washington is the first of those four big games. And you could go into that game undefeated if you're the Ducks. They could go in undefeated. It could be an absolute whirlwind in Seattle. 
anything goes, bets are off up there. I think it could be a huge game. I'm going to be there because I just can't not go to that game. Um, but then that game adds even more excitement to this thing with the rivalry going forward because they're the new in-conference rival. They're the new, you know, not the new Beavs, but they're the new in-conference rival. Um, yeah. So it's just it, it's going to be an amazing year. I, I do think the Ducks have a really good shot to get there, but they're going to have to go at least three and one in those four games, if not win them all. Yeah, and I, now that you mentioned that Washington game, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, and that fortunately for Oregon, they have their bye week right before right. that game. So I don't know how, how we feel about early buys, but you know Oregon plays Stanford on the road. Troy Taylor's first year, Stanford's known for being a really, really physical team um, that you can never really count on. Even though things have been tough over there for the yeah. Cardinal. Um, but that's probably going to be a physical game. And then fortunately for the Ducks, they get to rest up a bit before Washington. Yeah, and, and Washington has a bye that same week. You know, that, that was a big thing always that Washington would always try to use against. Or, you guys got the bye before us, and we had to go on the road. Now everything's even. Everybody's got that bye before that game. I don't like the bye early in the year, but it is before one of these big games. And at the Stanford game, you can really lay it down, take a week off, like I said, I think you might be undefeated going into that Washington game with the rest of the schedule looks insane, including that last uh, you know week before the Beave game going down to Tempe. That's going to be a hell of a game as well. Even though they're in rebuild mode, they're, you don't know what they're going to get. Hell, maybe maybe Rashad is starting at the end of the year. I, 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 That'd you be don't crazy. Know what it could be. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. Kenny Dillingham, I, all bets are off. Year one, Kenny Dillingham, come on. So I, I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but I think it's going to be it's just going to be a tough year. And if, if, if Duck fans are expecting uh, 10 wins, I think that's right on the number. Um, I think that there's probably one or two losses out there. I don't know where they are. Um, but uh, I, I could see there easily being – I mean, you know, you could, you could play this thing out where you lose to Texas Tech, you lose to Washington, and now you're looking at the rest of the schedule like, now what? I mean, that could be a real reality. And again, I, 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 I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Oregon's going to beat Texas Tech, but I think they're going to be an absolute fight against Washington. I think it's going to come right down to the end, like it has done the last couple of years. Both teams are good. That team's returning a lot of players as well. They've got the quarterback. As well. I mean, you, 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 this is like Walt Disney storyline stuff. And so this is a big, big year for the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, it's the end of it. So why not go out with a bang? Yeah, and, and I think that's obviously something that's on everybody's mind uh, up in Eugene. You, know, you want to finish on a, a strong note now. Um, but, you know, an additional storyline, I don't know if I'd say it's a, a pressure, but you want to have a good season so you can have some momentum going into the Big Ten. Um, sure. You know, if you have a rocky season and it's it's not uh, the way that you want to transition in, into a new conference, um, but I don't think that a rocky season is something that Oregon's going to have. Uh, at this point, especially last year, the, the two games that they lost outside of Georgia were, were just, you know, tough, tough losses. And I don't think it was mismanagement. I think it was a tough break with Bo getting hurt. Um, just the, the effort wasn't really there in the Oregon State game. I don't think that was, you know, a, a bad call necessarily that you can, like, isolate. So thought we had in the bag, dude. Yeah, definitely. Bought definitely. the plane tickets in the third quarter, Max. Oh, I bet. Bought the plane tickets to Vegas in the third quarter. We had, it's like, here we go. Oh, man. Oh, where are we staying, guys? Oh, it looked oh, promising. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're not going? Okay. 
there was there was a story of a guy with one of the boosters. He bought like a ten thousand dollars suite for the oh, game. Oh man! Like not not a ticket, a ten thousand dollars suite for the game. Uh, in the third quarter, bought it right there. Oh, uh, so no, I mean you you got to give the beeves credit on that one. Again, that one stung. Um, you know, like a, a, a kick below the belt, but you, you, you have to rebuild. You have to give them credit. I mean, they won that in classic B fashion. They just built the dam. They stopped throwing the ball. They ran what 29 consecutive times or something. The ducks just couldn't stop it. You know, and, and, and what's funny is the week before was the best defensive performance of the entire year in the Utah game. The week mm-hmm. before that was an entire meltdown in the passing game. So it was like, what the hell team is this? And that's why it was so What crazy. is this, Oregon basketball? Oh, it was very similar to Oregon basketball. Get blown out by ASU and then have the game of the year against Arizona in two days. The hell happened there? Uh, but then you turn the whole thing around and you get to have that Al- or the uh, Holiday Bowl win. You know, one of the other things is a guy who goes to bowl games. I'm excited about the Big Ten bowl matchups. They have way better bowls. Now, I don't know if I want to go to some of these things down in Florida or somewhere else. They're not out here. But they've got some pretty cool matchups in the Big Ten. They always have good games. We're, we're always playing the, like, fifth best team, you know. they got good matchups over there. So, again, I just feel like, you know, like what you started the whole thing off with was, was saying, hey, what the president said today was, hey, we're in the elite. We're in the upper crust. And we made it. And, again, like I was saying on my show today that, hey, I'm just so proud that the Ducks did this thing because historically the Ducks are not of this ilk. And that's why USC hates us. And that's why USC looks at us as new money because we are for the most part. They're the, they're the blue bloods. They've got Heisman trophies for, they have a, they have so many trophies. They had to I don't build know if I call them a blue blood. Hall of trophies. Like they had, they have like a hall of champions thing in there, USC. <laughs> Yeah. So they've got so much tradition, you know, and it, but but as of late, we've been the ones that have held down this conference. And, you know, over the last decade or so, uh, you know, they've had a couple good years here and there, but it's been the Oregon Ducks since about 2010. Yeah. No, they they've been they've been the ones that have been on the up and up and and you know, before Lincoln Riley got hired, you know, they were kind of on the the down, right? The downgrade. Big time. Um, so so that's exactly what it was. But it's it's cool that, you know, kind of both programs are are on the rise, you know, in the upper echelon as they, you know, make their way over to the Big Ten. But um was kind of thinking about winding this one down, Ryan. Just any yeah. kind of final remarks from you and then I'll wrap us. Well, I'm it, again, I, I think it's a game it's a day to celebrate. The first thing I did when I heard it this morning was I put on cool in the gang celebrate, right? You know, so it, it's a time to celebrate. But it's also, you know, it's pretty it's pretty crappy times as well because you lose, you know, you have to you have to give a little bit of time like you have on a loss, a twenty four hour, hey, let, 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 and then flush it, we're on to the next one. Losing the re- relationship with the Beavs in conference, they're still gonna play the game. I swear. They're going to do their best to try to play the game. They made a full statement today saying it's important. So did Washington. But, you know, it's not going to be that easy to, to, to have games against the Bees in all sports. You know, football, you can make that happen. That's fine uh, in the future. But to bas- play basketball every year, to play this, that, that's, that's difficult. And I, I do feel that there's something lost there. So I, I am kind of split. But I am excited. I feel like they got a lifeline. Uh, they, they, they jumped to greener pastures. 
Uh, the grass is still very green in Eugene. The Big Ten's going to find that out. Uh, I love for USC that they didn't want us there, and we are right there behind them. Like, hey, buddy, we're going to meet up with them like in that meeting, the first one. Like, hey, guys, how are you? Oh, that not, not, nothing Remember makes me, me feel better than that a little bit. Um, I am sad for the Beavs at the same time. Don't want to be an elitist duck, but I'm like, man, sucks, dude. We're going see ya. Um, you know, and uh, I hope what's best for them uh, that it works out for them. But it's every man for themselves right now, and and it sucks that it happened like that because the Pac-12 never should have ended like this. The Pac-12 was way too proud of a conference, and I don't understand how they couldn't find enough money out here. Apple's beyond rich. Apple has more money in the bank than the federal government. Apple couldn't find five more million a school. Are you kidding me? I mean, so it, it's like, you know that Apple walked away from the NFL deal? They no, were in negotiation. They were in negotiation, negotiation with the NFL, and uh, the NFL stalled on them or something. They just pulled the deal. Like, so, I mean, it's like, do you want to be a part of this thing or not, Apple? Like, so I just, it, it it's frustrating that they couldn't make it work and um, that we don't have, you know, uh, true representation on the West Coast. It's all jarbled now, and everybody's going to have a piece of the West Coast or something. I just, I don't really like that. But as a Duck fan, we made it. We're good, and we're on the greener pastures, like you said. It's going to keep, it's going to keep the money flowing. It's going to keep the recruits coming. It's going to keep uh, the excitement there, and really, it's going to keep eyeballs on the screen. That's the very bigger thing. Is it's going to keep your product available. I heard that Fox. Uh, has already suppressed uh, uh, suppress, what, what word I'm trying to say? Suppre- uh, gone more than what's the word? You're, you're surpassed. The, you're the, uh, suppressed. Surpassed. Surpassed. Right? Surpassed. Yeah. surpassed. God, I'm go. dyslexic. I don't know if you guys know this, but surpassed. There you go. Uh, I, I thought I was going to say surprised for a second there. A Bill Walton moment, but uh, that Fox has already uh, uh, doubled or not doubled, surpassed the uh, the ESPN membership, and so Fox is all in on sports. I think they know that they're not really at the spot that they want to be politically on their news side. And I think they're going to put a lot more money into sports at a time when ESPN is cutting, you know, uh, business uh, All their relationships. Heavy hitters. They're firing people left and right. The business street feels like it's shrinking. Uh, Fox is spending money on it. So I'm excited to be a part of that and be a part of them and with, connected with them. And I feel like that's a very healthy relationship. So thank you so much, Max, for having me on. You're the man. I really appreciate you and everything you do for the Oregon Ducks. And the Oregon Ducks community, man, you're the best. Oh, I appreciate it, Ryan. Yeah, so a lot of good points there. I mean, Oregon's going to stay with a lot of eyeballs on them. They're going to have all that exposure. I agree with you that it's definitely sad to see the Pac-12 end this way. You know, formally hasn't ended, but, I mean, we can all see the writing on the wall at this point. I think Oregon very much had their hands forced, um, you know, when all of this started unfolding. Um, survival of the fittest kind of a deal. Um, that's what I was trying to say earlier. So it's it's going to be a, a fun ride. Um, you know, no shortage of, of curveballs being thrown our way in, in the past, you know, couple of years with conference realignment and NIL and transfer portal and coaching carousel. It's all craziness, but we're just doing our best to, to stay up to date with it. But really had a good time with you on the show today, Ryan. Appreciate you hopping on on short notice. Uh, before we get out of here, you know, where can people find more of you and what you got going on in this space? Oh yeah, you're the man, and thank you for helping with me with surpassed. I was literally on a Bill Walton moment there. Uh, yeah, you know you can find me. I'm on YouTube. You know, I I I always say I'm gonna try to do the podcast thing and put it on Apple or Spotify. I don't even know. 
I don't even know how to do it. So at this point in the game, I'm just on YouTube. Uh, Max, you're the man. You you were the guy that told me to go live. I'd never done live. I'm a big fan, and now it's totally changed my whole world. I go live all the Tuesday nights through the regular season. So if anybody wants to jump on, come on in. I'm usually drinking beer, and I try to keep it light. But, uh, you know, I just I love the Ducks so much. I'm here for them. Had a lot of subscribers pick up uh, over the last, uh, you know, week or so because of the new Big Ten. Hey, there we are. Hey, there we are. I, I also haven't changed any of the pictures on there. Uh, but I do have Don Essig saying Sports Chat 503 on my intro page that I think is legendary. I don't know how many years Don has left. But, uh, no, I just am very passionate about the Ducks and want what's best for Oregon. I want what's best for everybody. I want what's best for the Beavs, too. But when it's that cut and dry at the very end, man, uh Man, it, it's every man for themselves. There's no way in hell I'm reaching my hand out trying to get the beeves on the boat. Come on now. I mean, it's just at the end of the day. Uh, but I, I am saddened and, and, and happy at the same time. So it does feel a little strange. But good times always by everybody. And thank you so much, Max. You are absolutely the man. We really appreciate you. Appreciate it, Ryan. Well, if you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter, on X. I'm still going to call it Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorissports. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus, and you can read all my written work over on ducksdigest.com. But until next time, guys, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk ball with me and Ryan. Thanks to Ryan for coming on, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast.